0: you have the look that you look like anybody you're with that day. So say like, say like you getting out of school and you hanging out with your little light skin, like your Steph yeah, curries yeah. or something, yeah. and I just look, and I'm like, oh, he's black. So then later on, you go hook up like with uh, the Indian dude, your Indian yeah. pounder, let's just say his name is Punjabi for yeah. all uh, political, you know, yeah. you know, and he's like, hey, 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 Isaac, watch the do? I have to, but you have to put the turban on real quick. Yeah, you put the I turban put on, there, and you. then later on, i see you at yeah. the burrito truck under the same, <laughs> turban. I'm like this motherfucker, like, you know. <laughs>
1: welcome to the blitz seekers podcast our podcast is intended to inspire people to discover their true purpose and follow their bliss
2: we're on every major platform spotify apple Podcasts, youtube please make sure you like subscribe hit that notification bell thank you so much for tuning into our podcast and please enjoy the show welcome back to the podcast today we have a very special guest uh you know there's nowhere in the world quite like oakland and there's no one making music quite like lds Lamborghini Ferrari, his, eight, his debut EP featuring three wildly catchy tracks, lakes with curbside color commentary and a classic 80s rap vibe we haven't felt in years. But don't get it twisted, right? Lamborghini Ferrari's No Time Machine, with longtime FG fam academics providing the soundtrack, this EP hits a new sweet spot, somewhere between Two Shores' Trunk Tales, Hyphy's Wild Style, and the futuristic club sounds of today, please welcome to the podcast LD's AKA Lawrence the One. Yo. Welcome.
1: 510 yeah. in the building.
2: For right. sure. That's right. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you. Could I say my little intro real quick? Go, Go ahead. Yeah.
0: Shout out to the most high. That's always a high. See when we in our lower state. It's L D also
2: known Lawrence the One. That's right. Yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we're we're very happy to have you. You were highly recommended by a good friend of both of ours, right? (laughs) Uh, But the way we do it here, we like to start to get to know the person because we feel people know your story. They kind of connect with you. Right. So we like to talk about kind of like how you grew up and kind of your story of how you got to where you're at now. Right. So you grew up in Oakland.
0: Yeah, I grew up in Oakland. Okay,
2: tell us a little bit about that. Okay, I was born in 1978. Oh wow, I'm <laughs> hey, older than you then. That's right. By <laughs> like one year. That's right. Yeah. That's right.
0: You graduated in '95. Yes, sir. I'm '96. Okay, all right. so we were around when Pac was still
2: alive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I'm biggie by the way. I, I, was, I was
1: five or six, I think, when yeah. they passed away. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were still in the Philippines. I was right? still in the Philippines. Oh, you
0: Filipino? Yeah. Okay, yeah. do you know a famous rapper named Pilo? No. Okay, from HBK. Shout out to my Filipino <laughs> brothers. Uh, yeah. Pilo, his brother Kuya, and Mike Soprazo. <laughs> <Subrazzo. laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Pilo. All right. For his show. So, Hi, Pilo. So I grew up, you know what I'm saying, in Oakland mm-hmm. at Kaiser Hospital uh, on 40th, and I grew up on 39th in Martin Luther King. Okay. So... That area is by MacArthur Bar Station around, and it's like the uptown or downtown. It's like the hub. It's like a transfer station. It's a Mm -hmm. lot of history that goes through there. We got Marcus Bookstore there. I met Muhammad Ali. Marcus Bookstore is a black bookstore that famous black people, when they come in Oakland, they try to check in there if they're Mm -hmm. having a book release. And then that's where people in the neighborhood stand outside waiting to take pictures. So I took a picture of me and the champ, Wow. wow. Polaroid, and I got it big in my house.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. The greatest, right? The greatest. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: You know what I – so this is the thing about Muhammad Ali. What people don't realize about Muhammad Ali is that Muhammad Ali is a big dude or was a big dude. Rest in peace. Like his Mm -hmm. face is like a – His head was huge. Huge. Wow. And then he was playing like he was going to hit me. His hand was like mine's and a half. (laughs) And I just kept thinking – Damn, if he is big, how mm-hmm. big is George Foreman? Right. That's all I kept Wait, thinking. Wait, George
1: Foreman's bigger than him?
0: George Foreman is a whole size yeah, bigger than him. Makes shit. him look tiny, yeah, actually. Yeah. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. And George Foreman ain't no joke. You got you got to realize that he won the championship. Like, he was fighting at 48 or something. Yeah, he was a monster. Like
1: 48? Oh. Years yeah. old.
0: Yeah. Oh. Okay.
2: Yeah, wow. George Farm's a big dude.
0: Yeah, like he'll still like probably knock a few people out, like in the back of Whole Foods. Just <laughs> <like>.
2: <laughs> Doesn't he have like six sons all named George?
0: Yeah, like George, Georgina, George, like on yeah, some King Joe- Henry. <laughs> <laughs> the fifth, the yeah, fourth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: true. I never thought of it like that. So you so you met Muhammad Ali. How um, old were you when that happened? Nineteen. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was nineteen. What did that do for you, uh, meeting someone as great as Muhammad Ali? To be honest. I've been cracking jokes and stuff like that
0: since I was little. So I always, my family always kind of treated me like I was a special. So I just felt kind of like a special person meeting a special person.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay. So Mm -hmm. you were just like, man, it's another person like me. It's
1: normal. Normalize the situation.
0: For sure. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, it's like everybody's separated by like one or two people anyway. Mm
2: -hmm. Right, right. Mm -hmm. They call it what, six degrees of separation? Yes. Like
0: name somebody that you don't know that you want to meet.
2: That I want to meet. That's a good question. Uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk, right?
0: Tesla. Oh, there you know. <laughs> Hello, Tesla. Yeah.
2: There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> say no more. So it's I know 15. someone that knows a rapper from Oakland, right? Right. That knows Russell Simmons, that knows Oprah Winfrey, that I'm sure knows Elon Musk.
2: Yeah. No doubt. Right. Yeah. Oprah. Actually, I would love to meet yeah, Oprah, Yeah. I was
1: going to say the same thing. Oprah. Yeah. Ellen DeGeneres. Oprah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The Rock. Yes. Definitely The Rock. So I got to ask
0: you this question because I've been asking him (laughs) questions all night. This is what I got to ask you real quick. If somebody said they favorite sports, they favorite American sports icon, is it safe to put Hulk Hogan on that list?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wrestling. If you talk
2: about wrestling, I mean Hulk Hogan is pretty much the icon of at least in our generation, right? The, well the real question mm-hmm. I'm alluding to the fact is is wrestling a sport here?
1: I think so because they train.
0: Okay. I,
2: yeah. I, I think it's a sport. I definitely do, because it takes it takes strength, it takes athleticism mm-hmm. to do I mean even if it's so quote quote unquote not real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It still takes athleticism to do all that they're doing. They take a freaking beating. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And then they still got to get up and do it all over and again. And then the,
1: right. all the acting, remembering the lines, and so on. That. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah. They're just running plays like in yeah. football, right? Yeah, definitely. They yeah. train. Yeah. What they about do. you? Do you, think, do you think it's a sport?
0: I definitely do. I mean... I think it's a sport, but I don't think that anybody really wins. I think just but the people at home, you know what I'm saying? I think it's one of those times where like entertainment Mm -hmm. is equally important to being a doctor or a lawyer or something like that because doctors or lawyers, you know, they dealing with death and people going to jail all day. They Mm -hmm. need something to keep their mind off. Mm -hmm. So that's that
2: for them. Right. You know Mm -hmm. who is winning though? Who? Vince McMahon. Definitely. Mm -hmm. That guy's winning (laughs) as far as with wrestling. Yeah. So, so. Let's go back to to your childhood growing up in Oakland. I mean, did you have a big family, uh, lot of siblings?
0: Oh, well, you know I didn't I, w- I didn't know my father. I didn't meet my father till I was like 28 years old. So oh, I, wow. So you know I grew up with my mother, my brother and my sister. And, um, you know, my brother's 14 years older than me, so he was the role model in my house. Really responsible person.
2: Yeah, kind of like the father figure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah.
0: Like look up to him. Like right now he's like third over the probation department of Alameda wow, okay. doing, doing really big things and yeah. stuff like that. So he was my disciplinarian as a man and my okay. mother was, you know, my mom, Yeah. you know, so, but she was, you know, she was always working a lot. Yeah. You know how it is being a single parent and yeah. stuff like that. So
2: what did your mom do? When you were growing
0: up? My mom worked at Highland Hospital for a second. Okay. And then she became a teacher. Oh, okay. Yeah, my mom is a teacher.
2: unheralded heroes of our our society, right? She
0: is. It's crazy because when people find out that's my mother, they'll be like, man, I didn't know that was your mama. Your mama hella cool. But the cool part about it is that when people finally find out that that's my mother, right, they'll be like, you're alone. His mother. She be like,
2: Yeah. I love that. <laughs> he came from somewhere. <laughs>
0: you don't got no mama. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what grade did she teach?
0: She taught uh junior I think she taught like no, she taught adult school for a second. Now she's on a she's an online tutor. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So a lot of your a lot of your friends growing up, they knew your mom.
0: Yeah, I grew up in the same house. Okay. So everybody like Imagine living in one place your whole life. Then everybody know you like when you couldn't walk. Then they Mm -hmm. just constantly see you progress. I've been in every house on my block.
2: Oh, wow. So it was an actual real neighborhood.
0: It's a real neighborhood. Mm
2: -hmm. They don't have neighborhoods anymore. They do not. Uh, So talk about that. Talk about what it's like growing up in an actual real neighborhood. Because I kind of remember neighborhoods Uh a little bit. Because when I was young, we started in the east side of San Jose. And then we moved here when I was about 12. And, uh, and I kind of had like a good friend. We, he lived around the corner. We we go to his house, we go play sports. We, you know, collect training cards. We do like neighborhood kind of stuff, but talk about that. Growing up in a neighborhood in Oakland, what was that like? People know you. Yeah. Like, let's talk about that. People know you. Mm-hmm. Like people know you, like
0: they know your <laughs> first name, your middle name, your last name. They, you know, they know you, they know your mother when you you could be in the house you could go home and your friend would be in your house talk like, kind of like, uh, what's that dude name on Beaver to, uh, I said Beaver to Lever. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it to Beaver, the, the neighbor, Eddie Haskell. Okay, yeah. You yeah. know, or people just, you know, we yeah. was all family. We mm-hmm. was all family. Mm-hmm. So it was like a big extended family. Big extended family. Yeah.
2: And um, what, what did that do for you growing up? Do you think it helped you?
0: Uh, I think it did because I'm already an engaging person. So I get to be around people that I really care about. I mean, you don't never not saying that it was a food shortage, but I mean, you always eating at your friend's house. Y'all go play basketball. Y'all do everything together. You get invited, you know, people progress, get older. But, you know, the flip side is that is when something actually Happens, mm-hmm. then it really hurts, right? Yeah, it's just not like oh man, they were kind of cool. No, this is family, you know. Yeah. So it's it like affects- a
1: sense of community, and like you get that bond, even like you started from a younger age, yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we guys, we little talk about our sex life, and yeah. oh, some of be lying, and shit. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all of them, right? <laughs> You know what I'm yeah. saying, <laughs> stuff like that, though. So it was cool. It was cool. Then some people later on got hooked on drugs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Normal stuff. Right.
2: Do you still hang out with a lot of your friends from the neighborhood? No. No. Okay.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's not because I don't care for them or something mm -hmm. like that. It's because my mother sold the house, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people... Just left, just right. left, like sold a house or whatever, whatnot. So the neighborhood is not the same neighborhood that I actually grew up in. Like if I ride past there right now, then somebody that I don't know is coming out the house that I used to live in. I wanted to say my house, but right. you know mm-hmm. how that is. Mm-hmm. But one of my friends still lives over there. But then it's it's like I see the cycle repeating itself. I can go over there and now see the young guys that are little hanging out in front of the liquor store, probably doing whatever they do, right. activities or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in 20 years, it'll probably be a new set of people.
2: Right. So I wanted to ask you about this because I've asked other people, but you actually grew up in Oakland. A lot of them maybe just live there. So I know there's been a huge gentrification of Oakland and because obviously the Oakland that so that I remember in the 90s or whatever growing up is not the Oakland today. Right? That's right. So from a true Oakland oakland i don't know if you call them oakland or whatever oakland native oakland night i know what you mean yeah you know what's what I mean? his name again
0: uh Hottam.
2: Hottam. i know what
0: he mean yeah. ah, shout out to the cameraman there you go, right? yeah shout
2: out to hot right so <laughs> yeah so what's your thoughts on that because like you said you drive by it's your it's the home but mm. it's a completely different neighborhood like
0: i have a few thoughts on that if i'm not re- mistaken right when my mother was talking about selling the house or keeping the house, I was kind of in a relationship with my son's mother, so I really didn't think nothing of it. I'm like, right. well, that's you. That, But now in retrospect, I wish I probably would have saved the house or something mm-hmm. like that. But that's just one part of it. Right. When I think of gentrification, do me a favor. Describe or what is de- gentrification by definition?
2: Uh, that's a good question. I don't know the exact definition, but I know that there... It was eventually one one like I guess type of people mm-hmm. and now they're changing it to a different type. is that pretty much
0: yeah, so when I think of gentrification, this country is built on gentrification. that's what
2: Thanksgiving is about okay. To me. Yeah. So I'm part Native American, so I understand that, right? I, this is the biggest gentrification of anything is the United States of America.
0: So when I think of that, I don't see why that would apply to the whole country and not just where I'm from is what I'm saying. Right. Mm. That's just what I'm thinking. Right. Because if you ask somebody what a American looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, white, blonde hair, blue eyes. Uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, shit, man. Bruce Lee. Uh, shit. You, me. But... Four hundred years ago, it was the the feather Native Americans, not Indians, because yeah. he did not land in India. So that's what I feel about gentrification.
2: Mm. So all right, so you feel it's just part of this culture.
0: It's you part. Think? You either gotta yeah. you gotta bolt down your culture and know who you are, and everything that you yeah. have in life, you gotta hold on to it if it's really serious. Yeah.
2: Mm. And so, um, so your neighborhood now is completely different, right? Are you still in Oakland? Yeah, I'm downtown Oakland. And now you're downtown. Okay. Yeah. So um but it's not completely different okay
0: It's kind of like um I mean it's going up though mm-hmm. but I mean it's definitely got a facelift. That's what I'm saying. They got a facelift. So I got a facelift. It got right. a facelift. It's
2: still Oakland, but it's got a facelift. No, it's Oaklandish. You ever watched You ever, bought them? <laughs> you, you ever bought some? store. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not Oakland, it's Oaklandish. Oaklandish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cuz we've had a lot of people on the podcast that maybe they're not Oakland natives, but they live in Oakland and they love Oakland. They say very artistic, very creative. There's a culture in Oakland. The vibes, the vibes mm-hmm. are good. Lake Merritt, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's still probably one of the most affordable places in the Bay Area. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, um, well, yeah, I guess I understand what you're saying. And and, and I, so, do you think it was a good thing uh, of what happened, the changes, the facelift?
0: Uh, I don't know. I wish I was still in my house. Okay, I mean, but it was my decision. It was kind of my decision where I wished that I could have kind of helped mom keep the house. I don't right. know exactly how it went. I haven't even had that conversation. Yeah. I just remember when it was happening. I was moving on in life, romantically, trying to start something right. yeah. or whatever. So it was kind of like maybe I Green. Yeah, yeah, that's your thing. But um, Oakland is like this, though. Oakland is a city where there's pockets, which means yeah. that a street. Like, let's just say, like, 39th could be a good street. Right. But if you go around the corner, then it might be heavy drug activity. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, there's like, there's always parts of Oakland that are pockets. And then there's just parts that you just don't go in. Mm -hmm. right? Like, there's black parts, then there's super black parts, then there's mixed parts. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, in East Oakland on East 14th, like, they have sections where, like, there's a lot of... A, there's an Asian community on the other side of Chinatown. There's a Chinatown. Then there's, like, um, Town, which is, like, the 10s. Okay. And then the 20s is a sprinkle. Then when you get to the 30s, the 40s, and 50s, then that's a lot of Mexicans in black yeah, or Spanish in black. You know, yeah. I'm going to be politically correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then... Latinos, but, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then there's still pockets. There's okay. still pockets. And then the Oakland mm-hmm. Hills. Mm-hmm. But then when you go... To East Oakland, deep East Oakland, then it just, it's <laughs> off the hook. I got a different respect.
2: Okay. All right. So so yeah. there's still some true Oakland parts there. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Cool. And so you said you grew up with uh, a, young, a sister. Was she younger, older?
0: Older. I'm the youngest. Oh, you're the youngest. I am the youngest. The baby I, of the family. On both sides. When I met my father at 27 or eight okay i
2: had three older sisters oh wow so what's it like being the baby of the of both sides of the family
0: i have a baby brother syndrome even when i'm with my friends i have the baby brother syndrome (laughs) which means that i'm always used to somebody telling me what to do and i feel like i'm gonna do it (laughs) if i respect you but i also feel on the flip side (laughs) (laughs) i gotta throw him in the mix I feel like you know, like if I if you ask me to do something, I'm gonna do it because I'm your younger brother mm. or whatever, whatnot. But then you know, if I ask you, you hey, ain't man gonna hold something. You know, it goes both ways. Right. It's weird though. It's weird though because like even amongst my friends, I'm always one of the younger ones.
2: Right. So you've always kind of been one of the younger ones, family and friends.
0: Yes, even to the fact where like I could have a friend, right, that he might be 30 years old. But if he's the oldest sibling, then his mind frame is different because he's the oldest of his right. siblings, as opposed to me being the youngest.
2: Right, and so I can, so I can relate to you on being the youngest mm-hmm. because my birthday is in November, so I got put into school early. So I was always the youngest out of everybody. Yep. And where where I noticed it the most was in eighth grade, because in eighth grade all the boys came back with mustaches and shaving and deep voices, and I was still like, yeah what's going on here guys you know what I mean I'm like what the, what the heck happened it didn't happen to me till that summer where I, where I you know I had my growth spur and all that right so I guess I could understand kind of the feeling of like being the youngest you're always like uh, for me at least it was always like trying to fit in or trying to, to catch up to these older people right but I was the oldest in my family right so I, the oldest is like, they mess up with the oldest. It's the most responsibility. Yeah. Like you gotta be the example, you know what I mean? Sometimes they, they come out a little little crazier than the younger ones because the parents go, oops, we're not gonna do that with the, with the next one or the next one, right? So I guess I kinda, I kinda understand what you mean by, by, the, by, um, by always being younger than everybody. Else, yeah, the I syndrome. Because yeah. when you
0: were in ninth grade, right, you were what, you started ninth grade, what, 14? 14, 15,
2: 16, yeah, 14.
0: Me too. Yeah. Yeah, because my 17. birthday is in October.
2: Okay, so there you go.
0: Yeah, me too. And when the school I went to, people were 16 in ninth grade.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, because I went to McClyman's. That's, a, that's like the school.
2: You know? were 16 in ninth grade? Yeah. Wow.
0: I mean, chicks had babies. You ever seen Lean On Me? Yes, I did. I a thought, thought high school Is that did. a movie? Yes. Oh. I thought, movie actually, yes. I thought high school was gonna be like Saved by the Bell. That shit <laughs> was like lead on me.
1: <laughs> I love Saved by the Bell. I, I watched
0: yeah. that. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. But it was mm-hmm. cool though. Like it was a school, you know, like McClyman's High. Shout out to all my partners from McClyman's High. It's called the School of the Champions. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because they used to win a lot of things in sports and they had a really good sports team. Right. You know who went there, the most famous person? No. Bill Russell. Bill Russell? Wow. Bill Russell, you know how many rings he has? Like 12 or something? Yes. Yes. He went to McClyman's High School. Wow that's that's legit right there
2: it's legit it doesn't get he has more than jordan he's a basketball player
0: basketball Russell. My <laughs> yeah. boston celtics yeah okay so back
2: before jordan there was a the celtics i'm a michael right? jordan the Celtics fan. were like yeah like a dynasty like they won almost like every single year i feel
1: crazy. like the oldest and nba player i remember is uh larry bird yeah so he played um, for the celtics
2: Oh, too. yeah, that's right. Like, Same team, Yeah, but maybe like later. he's 10, years, ten these alumnus. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So 10 years before him was yeah, Bill
0: no, I think Bill Russell, maybe
2: 20. Was it 20? Bill oh, wow, Russell man. was like granddaddy. Yeah, it was like 70s, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe okay. 60s. Maybe even 60s.
0: Yeah, because wow. I remember him when he was playing, watching the highlights like in black and white. <laughs> he Uh-oh. was really black. You <laughs> <laughs> know, shout out to Bill. <laughs> so you're saying he has
1: more rings than Jordan. Yeah, Jordan has six. Okay. Bill much, how, what about LeBron? How many rings? He has
0: four. Four. Oh yeah. wow. Kobe. Yeah. Five. Yeah.
2: Wow. So, so it's kind of like, and I think we grew up in a great time because we were in Jordan's heyday, Kobe's heyday, and LeBron's heyday.
0: That's funny that you say that because I asked a question of who in the NBA that played in the era with all three of them could attest who the best out of those three was.
2: All three of them. Um. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Who could that be? Um, Shaq? Yeah. Shaq? I would go Shaq. Yeah, I would say Shaq. Because Shaq will tell it like it is. Mm. Shaq played with Kobe. That's right. He played with uh, um, He played during the Jordan times, right? He uh-huh. competed against Jordan. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he played during LeBron's early. You answer that on the money. Sports is a big thing of mine. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just getting back into it because I've kind of been out of it for a while. I know trading cards has exploded. Like, the business has just exploded like crazy. But I I was, I I love sports. I was a sports fanatic. Baseball, football. But football and basketball were the two most. I was a Spurs fan. Okay. So, the reason why, in the 80s, Everybody loved the Bulls. Everybody loved Jordan in the 90s, right? And I was never the one that wanted to be like everybody else. I wanted to be like the underdog, right? So uh, here comes along a seven-foot center, the Admiral, Lefty, David Robinson. I like the silver and black because I'm also a Raiders fan too. I said, you know what? I'm going to be a Spurs fan. And then a couple years later, we got blessed with Tim Duncan and Manager Lobany and Tony Parker. So during the 2000s, when they were trading championships, I lived in Los Angeles. So I'm in the heart of Laker territory and every other year it's like Spurs, Lakers, Spurs. And it was just a great, a great time. But, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think Shaq would be the one that could, that could say who was the greatest of of them all.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Who do you think is the greatest of them all?
0: Out of those three? Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan.
2: Okay. Yes. So I would say Michael Jordan is, yeah, I would say he's the greatest. He's the greatest competitor. He's the greatest winner of them all. I would say, well, I'd say Kobe was pretty close actually. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of tough for me. Michael
0: Jordan is, Michael Jordan's career is actually like both of them put together. Yeah.
2: But Kobe was a better human. I think like Kobe did more off the court than, then, J- than Jordan.
0: Yeah. But the funny thing about it is that we're talking about three different people, right? Mm. Yeah. So this conversation is going to go like this. One person did something better than the other one, but the person that we leaving out did it better than the person that you're speaking of. Like Kobe might've been a better human being than Michael Jordan, but LeBron James is probably, you know, he did a lot True. more than a lot of people. He yeah. opened up the school. Mm.
2: So I was, I was listening to this. I forgot what I was watching the other day and they said, Oh, Gary V said LeBron's probably going to be like the president one day or something like that. Cause of the things that he does like off, off court that he's, the thing about lebron is he's he's like he doesn't need the spotlight like he it's almost like everything's off of him and, and on everybody else right he just kind of quietly puts up the numbers wins the championships and then a lot of people here's the thing with me because we grew up in the jordan there was no such thing as building a super team in jordan's era like oh lebron charles barkley and everybody let's just all get on the team together right in kobe's era that didn't happen either. I, I will say that the, the Paul Gasol trade is still a little shady in my yeah, eyes. Yeah. Like, let me, let's, let's just give you this great center that you need because Shaq is gone now so you can continue to win about the couple more championships, right? But LeBron, this era is different. It's like, it's almost like they're playing NBA 2K. It's like, you, you know, you're like, hey, I want to build this super team. I'm going to get Dwayne Wade and I'm going to get Chris Bosh and I'm going to build a super team. And of course, you're going to win championships for me as as a true sports enthusiast, and I wanted to be a general manager of a, of a football team, actually, but I appreciate the Spurs more because they built it through the draft, through finding players yeah. out of nowhere, uh, like, you know, not signing this big free agent, you know? I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I take nothing away from LeBron. Like, he's the Jordan of the this generation. You mm-hmm, know what mm-hmm. I mean? But I just still feel like the way Kobe did it and the way Jordan did it, especially Jordan, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, They built that team like the way I mean, the way they built that team. And it was just amazing. Like that's true uh, sports uh, uh, um, operations, like great operations, great leadership, all that kind of stuff. But I, I just think like the way they won their championships was like more legit than building like a super team.
0: Definitely, because back in the day, right? Basketball royalty was either you a Laker or you a Celtic. Right. Those were the super teams. Everybody else was just in between. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? When Jordan came, I'm gonna tell you what Jordan did to sports. Jordan did this to sports. He made everybody like the player, right? Mm-hmm. Versus the team. Right. Mm-hmm. See, right now like music, you know how like you like singles, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: but okay. you don't buy albums. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> That's how it is. Yeah. You like the player but you don't really like the team. Mm. That's how it is. That's true. So mm-hmm. a single would be like a single player, like a player, yeah. like a player. The album would be like a team. Right. People don't like teams really anymore. They like players. That's true. That's why people say, I'm a LeBron fan. If you go play, they'll they'll root for LeBron or they'll root for this player the same the, the, against or for the same team he just played
2: against. Right. Right. And then there's another aspect to that that I want to add, fantasy sports. It made you root against your own team just because your fantasy player needs the points for you to win. See, Uh, I've
0: never gotten to fantasy. What is that, like the point spreads and stuff like that?
2: So fantasy is like fantasy football where you draft a team and then you compete against other guys in your league and Mm -hmm. you win. But let's say I have, uh, okay, let's just talk basketball. Let's say I have LeBron, but I'm a Spurs fan. LeBron is playing the Spurs, so I don't. I want LeBron to crush the Spurs because I want my team to win, <laughs> even though that's my team. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And like, it hurts. It would hurt me to see them lose. Actually, it doesn't hurt me no more because there's a financial and a, and, my, and I'm I'm part of it now. yeah. Even yeah. though I'm not part of it, it's like fantasy, right? Yeah. But the person feels part of it. So you have people rooting against their own team just because they're a fantasy player needs to score more points so the team can win. Yeah.
0: Game. Yeah, so I wanted to tell y'all about when I wanted a surreal moment in my life, though, okay. about my family life. Okay. When I went to go meet my father for the first time, he was in Ohio. We always, he had a, um uncle that lived in San Francisco, California. Mm-hmm. She was, ma- he was married to this, my auntie-in-law, but, you know, she used to always come around my, My uh, grandmother house, because they all live in Daly City or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I got in touch with my father through my uncle, my granduncle or something like that, Tommy. Okay. And and I ended up calling him, and then he sent me a ticket to come see him for a family reunion. Now, the crazy thing is, my name is Lawrence. His name is Larry. Okay. I'm born October 17th. He born October 16th. Wow. Wow. He had a gold tooth right here i had one right here wow so we was kind of like dead on and it's Mm -hmm. funny though because it's crazy that people could be like how would that make you feel like if you met your nephew for the first time and he was like damn near a spitting image lined up with your brother that
2: you never met wow Mm -hmm. that would just be it's just surreal yeah Yeah, that'll give me chills Yeah. Of it. Yeah. yeah. So, what was that like? like? Were you excited about it?
0: I think that was the time that I wish probably one of my girlfriends. You know, not like I had hell of them at one time, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you're like, I ain't gonna incriminate my clarification. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but I wish I would have probably went down there with my chick because I, I think that would have been the time where the woman nurturing could have came in at uh, because it's weird when yeah. you're around a bunch of people. That's your family, but they're just they're strangers. But they're like, I came back and I said something about my sister to my other. I said my sister, and my sister turned around and said, "West sister." I said, "Oh, my sister out there." She like you saying it like you know, but the funny thing about it is, is that they're equally my blood, just like the people that I grew up with. Right, they're just as much. So it was weird, like staying in people's house or my family house, and I'm getting to know them. You know, you like, damn. Do I leave my bag here with my motherfucking wallet? No, I'm taking this (laughs) (laughs) bag. Hey, check this out, Hot tub, I got some advice for you, Hot (laughs) tub. I was out of town, right? So I had a little Altoid box, and I was keeping my money in that. So my uncle Ronnie said, "Hey, man, where your wallet at?" So I pulled out my leather wallet. He said, "No, no, no, the other one."
2: Uh, (laughs) My cover was blue. (laughs) uh, That's funny. That kind of reminds me of of a quote that says. Blood makes you related, but love makes you family. That's real. You know what I mean? That's real. Because, that, I mean, that was your relatives, but it wasn't, I mean, it's going to probably, hopefully it is going to become your family, but it takes a process now because you got to get to know them and, and build that connection, and that bond.
0: Well, yes and no. Okay. Yes and no.
2: Was there like an instant bond?
0: I mean, it got to be. Okay. Because I tell ladies this all the time, because usually ladies hold a certain level of resentment when they go meet people like a dad that was never in their life. Mm. Right. You know, because, you know, when I went to go meet my father, I was going to have no expectations, just respect on the table. Mm. Right. I got to realize this, just because him and my mother didn't work out, that does not mean that I'm going to go out there and ask all these motherfucking questions. Oh, so why was this happening? Where were you at 1984 when I <laughs> needed Inspector Gadget? <laughs> <laughs> you don't do that. You just go out there, have a good time. Everything is going to fall on your lap because I still got a bunch of relatives that have been hearing about me for the longest. I mean, my baby picture was still on the grandmama's uh, what's-her-name, and it was me. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, and you just... Have fun. Everybody want to hang out with you. You know, you and dad going to talk or whatever, whatnot, and then that's just what it's going to be. Right. But I said this is that you don't warm up to a brand new baby, do you?
2: Uh, what do you mean? You have a brother? I have a younger sister.
0: Okay. Do you, Are you an uncle or something? Yes, I am. When the uncle, I mean, you as an uncle, you didn't have to.
2: Oh man, I gotta get this motherfucker about uh, too. it's kinda like like instant. instant. Yeah. So yeah. it's the same thing
0: as grown ups. Right. It's your family.
2: Yeah, there has to be some type of like inner connection or something because you come from the same blood or the same yeah. genes, you know what I mean? Yeah, like like you know, but the point that I'm making is is that when a
0: like when a baby comes, you love that baby yeah, and you yeah, don't yeah. know the baby. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Right, like, like if you see a brand new baby up there, like oh my god, it's a cute baby, or like a puppy, yeah, you just love it, yeah, yeah So,
0: I'm that baby, so you just <laughs> full grown, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it's full grown, you know, yeah. yeah, for sure. That's what I'll say about them people that broke in the Washington Capitol, right? They yeah. say, Lawrence, how do you feel about the people breaking into the Washington Capitol? I said, have you ever seen some little white kids cut up at uh. Walmart, because they couldn't get something. He yeah. said, yeah, Lawrence. <laughs> I said, and you know their parents wanted to whoop their ass, but didn't. He said, yeah, Lawrence. I said, uh, well, those were those kids.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a great Pretty analogy. Much. I've never heard For that. For sure, that's yeah. who they are. Yeah, mm. that's crazy. I mean, that's that's another whole different subject, but, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just, it just, just privilege just on display. Like, yeah. Like, 100%. I mean, regardless of what you say, it's like if if I stormed the—well, actually, you know what? I don't want to say that because I saw a lot of mix of people in there. There was different nationalities and all that kind of stuff. They were just put at the front.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like who's leading the charge, though. Right, of course. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's different. Yeah, it's just you know, very different. <laughs> I mean, it's a difference. Like, you know how, like, um, say you eating a bunch of jelly beans, right? Right. And you really want all the purple ones, right? Mm-hmm. But if you hear that have a few black ones in there because they look like purple, then
2: that's just what it is. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> so someone just spilled a whole bunch of. Jellyfish.
0: Yeah, I mean, they don't want you know. It's certain things that you just can't do to certain particular groups of people.
2: Yeah.
0: In true. America, is two different rules. It's rules for white people with money.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah.
0: Keyword with yeah. money. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's rules for other people. Right. With or without money, those kind of go hand in
2: hand. That's true. Unless you're OJ Simpson.
0: <laughs> I was in a crazy place when oh, during the OJ trial. That yeah, yeah. was lit. Is this from the like 90s or like. Yeah.
1: 94? 94?
2: Yeah, 94. Yeah. The Broncos. The white Broncos. The white Broncos. <laughs> Bronco. famous. The white Broncos. white Four way OJ. Yeah. So unless you're an athlete and you have a lot of money, yeah. then you might get a hall pass or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. But I mean, it You
0: is. believe OJ did that?
2: I don't know. I, I, there's, I, um, I, I think so. Okay. <laughs> I think so. And he not only murdered a white woman, he also murdered a white man yeah. at the same time. So yeah. that's, that's like even crazier. And he is free. Yeah. He's only in jail because of him. Because yeah. he tried to steal his memorabilia back. Is that wrong, though? No, it's not wrong. Yeah. But he didn't have to do that. He would be a free man his whole entire life. Does that make sense? That, but why are you ho-
0: like my thing is this? I get it. He could. I mean, you chalk the trophies up. Go get some new ones. But who wants somebody else's memory? Who wants somebody else's MVP trophy? That's yeah.
2: That's, that's weird. weird. Yeah. It's valuable, or you can though. you can sell it. I huh? guess. Money. Yeah. That's probably money. Other people Value. can sell
0: it. How does that feel though? That's all that gentlemen. I have your trophy.
2: Yeah. It's kind of weird, right? <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and also too, like speaking of trophies, this kind of off topic, but w- you know I don't believe in participation trophies. Like when we grew up, it wasn't particip. If you sucked or you were bad, like you were known that, like that. It Explain like that to her. You get yes, that? please. I don't it was, don't so particip. So particip. So participation trophy means everybody gets a trophy.
1: Oh. If
2: the team won and they obliterated the other team, it's like oh it's okay. You guys did good. Here's a trophy for you. Mm. Back in our day, in my day. If there, there was no part participation trophy, yeah. you got whooped. You got whooped. Yeah. You lost. You are the loser. You suck. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that was it. It was like yeah. that was it. Yeah. Now Big bank th- take little bank. It's yeah. first, second, third place. Yeah. It ain't no. It ain't none of that uh, ribbons. Yeah. No.
1: I don't like it either. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. So it was kind of like competition was real. Mm. If you won, you won. If you lost, you lost. It built toughness in you. It like, did. You know. It, it didn't. It, it made you feel like you had to earn it to, to earn it to get it. You know, it wasn't like. Just because you were there, you, you you got it. That's what a participation. What it means. <laughs> do you know what they call that? Mm. Attendance. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it hurts the kids now because, mm. like, you know, it, it weakens them because they, they don't have to really do anything to, like, it creates subconsciously, like, I can be rewarded for doing nothing.
1: It's like laziness, basically, right? Yeah,
2: it kind of breeds laziness mm. and, and mediocrity yeah in a way you know what i mean because if you don't have to do anything to earn something subconsciously you're programming these kids like okay now you can go on in life and continue you don't have to really work hard at your job and earn that you don't have to work hard at this because it's already your parents when you're little are like hey you got you got the trophy anyways yeah just by by being there you know what i mean so i think that kind of mindset breeds kind of mediocrity i guess you could say
0: Definitely. I mean, you always have to set lines and make things very, very clear. Right. Like, like they can't be any blur lines. Like, I got to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you this question. Right. Okay. Me, I'm 25 years old, right, at the time. I'm sipping Mickey's. You know what Mickey Yes. Means? So I'm sipping Mickey's out of a clear ga- glass. A clear. I'm going to say clear gas. <laughs> 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 clear glass. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my nephew is... Eight years old. He's looking up to me, you know, because he's already short man. So he's a short kid. Mm-hmm. So we are having a good conversation. I'm sipping beer. I'm sipping beer out of a clear glass. Mm-hmm. He says, I want some. I said, you want some of what? He yeah. said, I want some of that. I said, no, you can't have none of this. He starts crying, crying, crying. Mm-hmm. My sister runs from the front in the kitchen. What's wrong? I said, sis, he thinks he wants some of this beer. She says, what? She goes in the refrigerator, gets a clear glass, and pours ginger ale in the glass, the same color as the beer. Mm. Is that bad parenting?
1: I don't agree with it, (laughs) just because um, at least it should have been explained why he can't have the beer. I think it's, in a way, it's a... you're still pleasing the kid. Yeah. And you're making them think like it's the beer when it's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't I don't like it. No.
2: Um, I, I see her point as far as pleasing the kid. Um, and I'm not, I don't have any kids. So I, am the last person you want to talk to about parenting. Uh, however, I do see the, I do see the point where, okay, I do see the point where you're not supposed to just, like give kids whatever they want because there's no teaching of like where's the the line yeah Mm. but i do see the point where so now the kid goes oh my uncle's just drinking ginger ale so he has his drink and then later in life you could teach them about what you were really drinking you know what i mean so i see that point where it's kind of like diffusing the issue like Mm -hmm. it's, it's diffused it's done it's not even an issue no more you know,
0: shout out to Big Sis. I think that she did the best that she could. Yeah. Right. But everything is a teachable moment.
2: Yeah, right.
1: I agree.
0: Everything got to be a teachable moment.
1: I'm all right. thinking about maybe it should have been apple juice. But I think my point is uh, I think it should have been explained. I, I have a nephew. I'm not a parent. Yeah. But I, if it was me, I would explain why you can't drink that right now. Why and what it does to you. Yeah. You know, just explaining to them and being honest with them. To an extent, I guess. You yeah. Know? How old
2: was your nephew at the time? Was he eight, was right? Eight. eight. Yeah. Eight. Okay. Eight. So eight years old, third grade. Mm. You know, in Europe, they give their kids alcohol. Very shit like that. I knew he was gonna oh. boomerang. Yeah. I think. Yeah, you know, no, but like. <laughs> So here's the thing, like, there's also the other way where you give it to them, and then they think it tastes like crap, and they're like, Oh, I don't want this no more. <laughs> well, you know,
0: you know what you said, I, mean, I remember, uh I remember this, right? <laughs> I remember my mother used to drink Budweiser, so she said, Lawrence, go throw this Budweiser away. So I felt the Budweiser, I felt some of that shit still in there, right? So what yeah. I did was I drank it, and I felt something in there. And it went like this, and I went to the bathroom, I spit it out and it was a fly. And, and, and can I say, Hatton, that was my introduction to Budweiser.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, let me tell you
1: guys a story. When I was eight years old, I saw like an, an aunt, an older aunt, aunt that I have. I always used to hang out with. Uh, she was smoke, smoking a cigarette and I was like, can I hit, can I smoke that? And she let me I started coughing. And then I think at the age of 14, I still smoke cigarettes. Even yeah. though at that time I was like, ew, this is nasty. Yeah. I also drank beer when I was like maybe nine years old.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. So, you know? <laughs> so I, I have a funny story. So I'm Mexican right? American, right? Oh, you know what? Stop, man. You
0: stop, Isaac. Yeah. This whole time is- I'm like, man, what is this? Mommy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Middle Eastern. I love
2: that. I love that because everybody's Middle Eastern. Yeah. When I go to Europe, nobody knows what the hell I am until yeah. I open my mouth. Yeah. Then they go, Oh, you're American. Because
0: you have one of those looks that you look like I love saying this. You have the look that you look like anybody you're with that day. So say like say like you're getting out of school and you're hanging out with your little light skin like your Steph Curries or something, and I just look and I'm like, Oh, he's black. So then later on you go hook up like with uh the Indian dude, your Indian yeah. pioneer, let's just say his name is Punjabi for yeah. all uh, political like you know, you know, and he like, Hey, 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 Isaac, watch you do I have to, but you have to put the turban on real quick, yeah, You put the put turban on, there, and then know. later on, I'll see you at yeah. the burrito truck under the same, turban. I'm like, this month. Like, I, you know,
2: <laughs> That's a good one.
0: yeah. So, um, he's the world, yeah. That's right. By the way, yeah. I, I pride
2: myself on being I don't, so I'm Mexican American, I'm very proud of this. Before, but I don't want to label myself, yeah. I'm a human, you know what I mean? Like, like I said, I'm white sometimes, I'm black sometimes, I'm Asian sometimes, I'm like a chameleon, I blend into like. wherever i'm at right right? but But getting back to my story so so my my dad's dad's from mexico from a little little tiny town where the kids start drinking like like at like five five. you know what i mean and (laughs) i'm talking about like hardcore right so and in mexico if you're just old enough or big enough to order they'll feed you alcohol like it it doesn't it's not like there's no drinking age it's like can you order a drink okay here's a drink right so me and my little cousin are walking down the street and I think we're y'all in Mexico Mexico okay mm-hmm. my dad's little town like you go back it still looks like it's back it's like it has not advanced in time right? okay I mean you go 45 minutes out and it's like it looks like San Jose but where he's from it's like a little town like a yeah. little town right so we're walking down the street and there's this guy with a huge ice chest full of beer and me and my little cousin are like well there ain't no parents around we got some money Let's try it, right? I and like, how do you... I don't I even remember. remember. I think I was either 12 okay. or 10, right? Okay. What happened to 11? No, i <laughs> don't. I don't know. I like... Uh, I like uh, that part uh, is a blur, sir. So. I like... Even though, yeah. A blur already. After that experience, I don't remember how old that was, right? But anyways, we probably had... I don't know. I feel like we had a lot, but we probably had one or two, and I was like hammered. It was like my first time I was ever like hammered, yeah. right? And, uh, but I never drank after that. Like it was just, it was an experience and, uh, maybe it was cause it ended up being kind of a bad experience cause yeah. I had to stumble back to, to my, or well, we had to like, kind of like go around the town and it was cool cause you could go around and not come home till night, you know, whatever. But that was my first experience with, with, with drinking right now. My parents only really watch this. They're going to know. And they probably heard this before. Either. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I never really, I mean, I got like drunk like like we're because you know first time ever drinking yeah. not knowing and then not knowing like how much or whatever and yeah my cousin was kind of like a little daredevil so he was like egging us on like just more and more and they were like probably five cents each or whatever right so you drunk more than one more than one i think we drank two or three so we were both pretty much plastered
1: beer like the, like, or liquor beer it was modelo beer? i still remember Modella? i still
2: uh, remember the exact uh, modelo and i still remember we put the lime and salt yeah, and to this day, I cannot drink beer without lime and salt. Okay, like it's something like it has to be, or I won't drink it at all. Yeah, right. So maybe it did that. I don't know, right? But I, yeah, and that was it. That was my first experience. But I never really drank it. I mean, I, I mean, I drank in my teenage years, and I remember Mickey's, right? Yeah. So I remember. so my parents watched this. They're gonna find out all the stories now. So I remember where we my parents would leave to Mexico when I was 16, and they would leave me with the house at 16. Yeah, by myself. Yeah, and I'm like. All right, cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyways, I had a couple friends over. We were having a good time, right? And Mickey's was very popular back then, right? So yeah. The 40 of Mickey's. The 40, yeah. yeah for the 40's sure. right? taste better. Right?
1: The old English tastes better. Yeah, the oldie
2: <laughs> and the Mickey's, right? I don't know why. That was like the drink back then. It was just oldie or Mickey's. It was, it was, it was rap-induced, believe it or yeah. not. Oh, 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 big mm. too short, big part <laughs> of my it right? Um, but I pounded two 40s in five minutes. Cause i you know you're you're young you're like I, I could do that yeah right? yeah oh yeah, my yeah. Gosh. it was one of those pray to the toilet nights i'll never do this again yeah. <laughs> or whatever you know running around the street like a dummy you know what i mean but anyways um yeah but that was my first experience that was like one of my bad experiences but it never really never really like vibed with me after that i was like whatever you know yeah what I mean? it's like whatever right yeah so anyways but, um, so, so getting back to, so you have how many, uh, nephews and nieces and nephews do you have? I have one,
0: ne- the ones that I know, I have some on my father's side, but I don't know exactly how many they are. Okay. I know it's a lot of them though. Okay. Cause when my grandmother, my grandmother had on my, my paternal, my paternal grandmother, right. Queen Bee, Okay. Has like eight kids, 58 Grandkids, Ooh, seventy-eight wow. great-grandkids, and when she died, that was the number. Wow. But it was still like great, great, like it's some astronomical number. Queen going. B, right? Loved her, Lorraine, right? Lorraine, Lorraine. L, yeah, mm-hmm. another L, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another L. There you go. running the family. Yeah. So, so legends, L for legends. That's gonna be my son or my daughter name. Oh, that's
2: nice.
0: So, but my my nephew, I got Emmanuel, right? India. In Lonzo, and then oh Joshua, invited. I have five, five okay. nieces and nephews on my mother's side. Okay. From my brothers and sisters. Okay. And I have two children.
2: Oh wow. Okay. That's a pretty big family right there. It ain't. That don't feel big. Like what? Wow. When you come from Queen B in '78, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, just, do, could you imagine not knowing
0: your father, right? And then you touch down in the city, and it's like, thirty first cousins. Wow
2: so so you went from a a decent side family to like a huge family. yeah
0: because it's youngstown ohio is still kind of country yeah, where everybody, everybody lived around the corner from yeah, each other and goes yeah, fishing together and there's nothing to do yeah but that's why people be having so many kids because it's nothing else to do have you know fuck. you know yeah. <laughs> and smoke cigarettes and play spades.
2: yeah so what was that like like now you're introduced to this huge family uh-huh. and you so coming from the the normal size family to to seeing this huge family what, what what was that like were you like man now i want a big family or oh i don't think that really, when i went to go meet them i had
0: like a different feeling about it it made me realize a lot of things about my father okay i was more on the fact that People said that that we acted so much alike that I was just caught up on how personalities just transfer.
2: Wow. Yeah. I mean, you're him. You're his DNA. Yeah. You know I mean, what? It's like your son. What about your son? Is he kind of like you? This is. I'm
0: about to tell you this right after Uncle Greg's story. Okay. All right.
2: You know how like when you go out of town, you know what I'm saying,
0: and your family want to kidnap you, you know what I'm saying, because they all want to. They all want you to spend time with them. Mm-hmm. They, they don't know me. So I met my father, and we went to a family reunion. And when I said I wish that I would have had a A lady there with me it was because you know you look up then everybody's kind of looking at you like you know and it's kind of weird i wish somebody you know it's gonna be okay so after the family reunion and mind you i used to drink every day i don't drink no more i'll be two years clean and sober this year right congratulations thank you so my uncle greg said you can come spend a night in my house Junior so I go to his house I wake up early because I'm still on like a different time zone and I get up early anyway right so here come Uncle Greg he's a 280 pound man about 6'5 maybe 3'10 something like that big man so he said you want something to eat so I follow him in the kitchen he said you want a beer it's 9 o'clock in the morning 8 o'clock I said yeah here you go I sip it he said hey do you like to drink? I said, yeah, he said. A lot, huh? I said, yeah, he said. sometimes when you wake up and have a hangover, do you need a beer to take your beer, your hangover to away? I said, yeah, he said, Yeah, you Larry son. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. He had the fact, check. Oh jeez. Wow.
2: wow. It's it's so it's it's hereditary then. Yeah. Wow. It
0: is like a lot of people on both sides of my family drink alcohol and Mm -hmm. I felt like me having kids because my son, my oldest one does not drink. And I was like, man, I can't let him break the generational curse. I got to step up. I mean, people say that they Christians, Muslims and stuff like Mm -hmm. this. But, you know, being a Christian, you have to bear your cross or whatever it is. You got to break the generational curse to the best of your ability
2: and turn into a
1: generational blessing. Yeah, like my friend Marisha yeah. was saying. We mm-hmm. had
2: another uh, guest. She's also from Oakland, right?
1: She's originally from Florida. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Marisha Ashanti.
2: Yeah, she's. But she said, instead of saying generational curses, why don't we talk about our generational blessings? Mm-hmm. That's right. And I was like, wow. That's yeah. Awesome. So we we made a little statement. That said breaking generational curses, and uh and. An increasing generation yeah. presence. Yeah. I'm with that. What's her name? Yeah. Marisha, Marisha
1: Ashanti. I'll send you um, her song. She has a good song. It came out. Oh, okay. Yeah. YouTube. Oh, she makes music too. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. awesome. She's, she's a great she's singer. A very awesome person. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Can I tell it's you all about my music? Why? why uh, absolutely. Crazy?
1: You should
2: yeah. have her on your
0: podcast.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I was going to ask you what inspired you to um, stop drinking alcohol.
0: Can I tell him? To- <laughs> 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 Martin. No. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Because it's like this. It's like this. This is spiritual, right? Mm-hmm. Alcohol has caused me so much grief in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, it has. Like, I'm very talented. I felt it hold me back drinking. Uh, I think it gave me diabetes and stuff like that. It's just done everything, and the game is over. This is how I feel. I've been through a lot of things in life where I kind of felt like God and the devil was always talking and God was always protecting me, like in the book of Job. Have you ever read the book of Job?
1: Book of me? My book? I'm yeah. just kidding. The book of Job. Oh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my book! Yeah, We're writing right. writing the Book of Joel right now. <laughs> yeah. The...
0: So I, this is how I really feel. I kind of feel like this. God and God has always been protecting me. Like I've been through a lot of things, like falling off roofs, this, that, shot at all the type of shit. The yeah. God was with me, right? Yeah. So I kind of feel like the devil was saying to God, "You know, you've been protecting him so long. You know, I mean, see how good he protects self from himself." Alcohol is a decision and stuff like that. To drink alcohol is a decision. Eating bad things is a decision. So right now at this life, I mean, at this point in my life, I'm spending time. We're learning how to protect myself from myself.
1: I love that. Mm. Yeah,
2: that's true because everything is a mm-hmm. choice. It is. There's a quote that says we're all self made, except only the successful ones admit it."
0: Yeah.
1: And we have a lot of temptations. So I understand what you're saying. But yeah. yourself by the way, with the
2: alcohol, too, is it's legal. I was going to touch on that. And it does more damage than the drug that they just are about to make. Not even drug. The the marijuana which they're about to legalize mm-hmm. doesn't really do as much damage as cigarettes and alcohol which are legal. Yeah. Right? Like I mean, alcohol and cigarettes kill more people every single year than a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Right? They destroy lives. They cause diseases, you know what I mean? Cannabis was a medicine. It's still a medicine. It's still a medicine. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I don't want to go on this big tangent, but I know why cannabis was made illegal. It was very wealthy white men that wanted to demonize the industry so that the paper industry, the pharmaceutical industry, the oil and plastic industry could survive, could thrive, and that could die, could die out. Instead, they legalize these other things that are actually destroying families, like, like pharmaceuticals, like cigarettes and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think in in an essence, it's like because it's legal, it makes it so much easier to destroy lives than if it wasn't. And it was actually titled and labeled to what it really is, which is a drug that can really do a lot of damage. Yeah.
1: Thank you for tuning in. That was the end of part one. Part two comes out next Monday, 9 a.m. Please stay tuned.
2: Make sure you like and subscribe to our channel and hit that notification bell so that YouTube will let you know when the next one comes out.